0: This technology that went into coming up with cryptocurrency is going to be used now for digital currency, controlled by the central bank, so that they can monitor what you buy and what you sell and what you donate to, and they can determine what you can buy, what you can sell, and what you can donate to. There'll be certain laws, certain organizations that you'll not be able to give to. I think we got a little example of that, that what happened up there in Canada, where people uh, were donating money through uh, various uh, uh, intercept sites, or they wanted to give money to these truckers that were protesting against all the vaccine mandates. And uh, they confiscated the money. And uh, they did not give it back to the donors they decided where they would put the money. That's what's going to happen during the central bank. They will decide what churches are allowed to receive money from the digital accounts that people want to give to them and what churches cannot. If you're not a registered church and you're not abiding by the laws that have been set forth by the governments behind this banking system, and then you will not be allowed to give money or donate that money. If you do, it'll be taken and used somewhere else. The government's gonna control what you do. All of this is being put in place right now. And they want to get it going very quickly. Because if they can do away with cash, they can better monitor you. If they can do away with cash, they believe they can cut down on crime and all kinds of other problems that are going along with people out there in the, the crooked world that deal with cash. That's the argument. It makes for a good argument, but they're going to control you. The free enterprise that we know of it today will all be completely gone. The government is working, and behind the scenes, they're putting all this in place. They've got the satellites up, And they're putting more satellites up, so wherever you go in the world, uh, you will be able to have access to these satellites for buying and selling, for communication or whatever. So that if you're in the remote parts of Central America in some tropical jungle and you want to buy something, there'll be a satellite that'll pick up that signal and a transaction will be able to be made we have that technology and it's it's there there was a time where we were years away from it well, we're already there and it's coming very soon and i believe uh, that all these pandemics and everything is to bring us into compliance so that uh, eventually you won't receive the vaccine you'll receive the chip and there are going to be a lot of people that will receive the chip and I said well if i need the chip you know to get uh, Medical attention, if I need the chip to buy and sell, if I need the chip in order to keep this job, well, then I'll take the chip. Besides, it's just a vaccine. It's it's a little microchip that's so small it can pass through a needle under your skin, but yet it will have enough information on it to where everything that they want to know about you will be imprinted on that chip. And they'll be able uh, to follow you wherever you go. There's no place to hide. And those that refuse to receive the mark, they're going to be hunted down like wild animals. They're going to be beheaded or put in prison. It's not going to be a good time. All of this is found in the book of Revelation. The Bible makes it very clear that it's coming. So when we come to Revelation chapter 6 and verse number 17, 12 through 17, here's what the Lord says in that sixth judgment as we look to the seal judgment. He says, Behold, when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake. The sun became black as soft cloth of hair. The moon became as blood. did not that sound like Joel 2 at the coming of the Lord? And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heavens departed as a scroll when it's rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their place. Can you imagine that? Every mountain and island throughout this global planet? I mean, you talk about... Shake, rattle, and roll. I mean, when we think about uh, the Cascades up there in Washington, and uh, we look down here with all these beautiful mountain ranges that we have, all of that's going to be moved. The islands are going to be moved. They're going to be sunk underneath the oceans. So the Bible says, And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, And every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of who? Of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? not talking about the tribulation period somewhere in the middle or toward the end, it's talking about the end, that's what it's talking about. Now when we come over to Revelation chapter 8, Revelation chapter 8, and this is what confuses people, they think well this is an introduction to more tribulation, but all it is is just giving us an understanding. Well, here are some other judgments that are going to be included with this judgment. That's what he's trying to get us to understand. Notice in Revelation chapter 8 and verse number 1, And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven. Now, remember, we're reading the parentheses of Revelation chapter 7, talking about the tribulation saints and all the martyrdom that takes place Throughout the tribulation period, the Word of God makes it very clear that as the Lord Jesus Christ said, notice in Revelation chapter 7 and verse number 15, Therefore are they before the throne of God, and they serve Him day and night in the temple, and He that sitteth in the throne shall dwell among them, and they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more neither shall the sun light upon them nor any heat. For the lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them. These are people that died during the tribulation period. They refused to receive the mark. They refused to to follow any of the mandates that the Antichrist was putting upon them. And so they were in prison. They were... In starvation, Uh, they were running and trying their best uh, to hide from the Antichrist. They were looking for food. When Jesus brings them back to earth, he's going to gather all the tribulation people that survived the tribulation, those that did not receive the mark, but they did not get saved, but they did at least do something good besides not receiving the mark but they did not trust in christ they're going to be brought before these people that the lord's going to bring back and he's going to ask them the question how come you didn't visit those that were hungry how didn't how come you didn't go to the prisons and try to sneak some food to them why did you not give them a little cup of cold water in my name where were you And then there's going to be some that did not receive the mark. But they at least went to those that did trust in Christ. And they gave them a cup of water. They did give them a little bit of food. And Jesus will say, you can come into the kingdom. But those that would not help those that did not receive the mark but trusted Christ. And yet they refused to help these children of God. Jesus will say, depart from me, and they will be cast into a place called hell where there's wailing and gnashing of teeth. And only those that helped the saints during the tribulation period that did not receive the mark will go into the millennial reign. Well, you say, well, what does that mean, preacher? Well, that means that during the millennium, there's going to be unsaved people that will be allowed to go into the millennial kingdom. And that means that if they sin, God will kill them on the spot. Because the Bible says if any man sins during that kingdom, God will kill him. There will be those that may only live to be a hundred years old. There will be those that will live to be as old as trees. They will live to be a thousand years old. It just depends on how much they obey the king of kings. But at the end of the millennial reign, and we'll get to that when we get to Revelation chapter 19, at the end of the millennial reign, believe it or not, there'll be a bunch of those people that were not saved that will decide when Satan is turned loose from the bottomless pit. Now they've raised up children, they've had children, they will decide to join in with Satan to war against the saints of God at the end of the millennial reign. Can you believe that? But it's there in the Bible. He said, well, why would those lost people be allowed to go into the millennial reign? Because God is a God of grace. And if we do something as so kind to reach out to a person that is hungry and thirsty and give him a drink of water, The Lord will show grace and mercy upon us. That's how much God cares for his saints. So we read in Revelation chapter 8, after this, he had opened the seventh seal and there was silence in heaven about the space of a half an hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God and them were given seven trumpets and another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer and there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne and the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angels of out of the angel's hand and the angel took the censers and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it into the earth and there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and earthquakes and the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound and the first angel sounded And there followed hail and fire mingled with blood. And they were cast upon the earth. And the third part of the trees was burnt up. And the green grass was burned up. The second angel sounded as it were a great mountain. Burning with fire cast into the sea. And a third part of the sea became blood. And a third part of the creatures which were in the sea had life, died, and a third part of the ships were destroyed. And the third angel sounded, and there fell great stars from heaven. They fell upon the part of the rivers and on the fountains of the water. The name of the star is called Wormwood, and a third part of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. And the fourth angel sounded, and a third part of the sun was smitten, and a third part of the moon, and a third part of the stars, and a third part of them was darkened, and the day should not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. And I beheld, and I heard an angel flying through the mist of the heavens, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, by reason of the other voices, the trumpets of the three angels which are yet to sound and the fifth angel sounded and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit and he opened the bottomless pit and there arose smoke out of the pit and the smoke of a great furnace and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke out of the pit And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth. And unto them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should hurt not the earth, the grass of the earth, nor any green thing, neither any tree, but those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented. Five months, and their torment was as the torment of a scorpion, and it was as he stingeth a man. And in those days shall men seek death, and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. And the shape of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle, And their heads were as were crowns like gold. Their faces as the face of men. They had the hair, the hair of a woman. They had teeth, whereas the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates as it were the breastplate of iron. And the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots, of many horses running to battle. They had tails like unto scorpions, and their sting in their tails, and their power was in their hurt. Their power was to hurt men five months. They had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abandon, and in the Greek tongue had his name Apollyon, which we understand to mean the destroyer. And woe! The woe is past, and behold, there come two woes more hereafter. So the six angels sounded, and I heard a voice from the horns of the golden altar, which is before God. Now remember, we saw that over in Revelation chapter eight concerning the seventh seal, saying to the six angel which had the trumpets, loose the four angels which are bound. In the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour, a day, a month, and a year to slay the third part of men. And the number of the army of the horsemen were two hundred thousand thousand, and I heard the number of them. That's, by the way, two hundred million. China has the capability of putting an army of two hundred million together. And thus I saw the horse in the vision, and them that sat on them having breastplates of fire, and of jacinth and brimstones, and their heads the of horses were as the heads of lions, and out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. And by these three was a third part of men killed by fire, by smoke, by brimstone." which issued out of their mouths. And their power is in their mouth and in their tails, for their tails are like unto serpents, and their heads as with them they do hurt. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols and gold and silver and brass and stone and wood, which neither can see nor Hear nor walk, Neither, neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. Now, what's interesting here, and then we get into what is known as another interruption, and then we finally come as we come to verse number 15 of Revelation chapter 11. And after we read the interval that we see in chapter 10 through verse number 14, we read in verse number 15 of Revelation chapter 11. Now watch this closely, how this parallels with the sixth seal. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall what class? And the four and twenty elders, who's that class? Which sat before God on the seats, fell upon their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which are and was and to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and has reigned. And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come and the time of the dead, that they should be judged. And thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants the prophets, and to the saints, and to them that fear thy name, small and great. And shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth, and the temple of God was opened in heaven. And there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament. There was lightning, the voices, and the thundering, and a great earthquake and great hell. Make no mistake about it, this is the end of the tribulation period. Now I want you to notice something interesting here. The Bible says in verse number 18, And the nations were angry and thy wrath is come and the time of the dead that they should be judged that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants the prophets and to the saints and them that fear thy name small and great he says and thou sh- and and thou shouldest destroy them which destroyed the earth now many believe that the 200 million that have the faces of lions, that have tails of scorpions, that have fire coming out of their mouth, that what John was writing, he wrote what he could see and understand, and that's how he explained them. An army with helicopters, an army with jets that are flying over the earth, an army with vehicles that are moving with men's faces inside, with smoke coming out of the barrels, we're coming out at lightning speed. But we do know that men are also going to take part in destroying the earth. And God says that he's going to judge those that destroyed the earth. And so God takes part in destroying much of the earth. But when you have weapons of mass destruction, we have nuclear arsenal that can destroy this earth many times over. We have the capability of of blasting this earth into oblivion. There, with nuclear blasts, can put such darkness into the sky from all of the fallout of the radiation and all of the debris that's going to be scattered that could also hide the, the light from the sun. We're not sure exactly what's going on, but we do know that God says man's going to have a part in this and God's going to judge him. And we do know that God's going to open up the bottomless pit. And we do know that there are going to be demonic creatures that's going to come out. You don't want to go into that period. However you interpret it, it's not a good interpretation. It's a horrible thing. And I don't mean to scare you, but to praise the Lord out of the grace of God, there are going to be people that will get saved and they're going to die through that. And it, it'll be by the grace of God that they die rather than live through that kind of a horrible situation because it is going to be hell on earth. and God's wrath and will man repent? No. The Bible says the nations are angry and when the heavens open up and the heavens are moved back like a scroll and, and man can see the armies of God coming and King Jesus coming They're going to be so ignorant because they have been deceived and beguiled of Satan to think that they can gather, oh, he's coming to Jerusalem. He's coming to Israel. And they're going to move their armies over to a place called Armageddon, the Valley of Megiddo, and they're going to meet Jesus there, and they're going to try to fight against him. And the Lord says, he'll just simply speak, and they'll be obliviated. And we find all of that. It's so interesting and yet so pathetic to think that man could believe that he has the ability. Now, let, just let me bring this to a close. We come to the judgments of the vile judgments. You know, the intensities of these judgments just continue to get worse. Notice over in Revelation chapter 16. In Revelation chapter 16, we read in verse number 1. And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth. And there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had not the mark, which had, excuse me, which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. Can you imagine boils all over your body? Infections. A you know, horrible, horrible time. The second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as blood of a dead man, and every living soul died in the sea. The third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and the fountains of water, and they became blood. And I heard the angel. Of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art, which was and shall be, because thou hast judged us, and they have shed the blood of saints and the prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. And I heard another out of the elders say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. Remember this morning, we saw the saints in heaven, and, and they're alert, and they're cognizant of what's going on in heaven, and they're asking, Lord, we have died by the hands of these evil men. When are you going to bring judgment? He says, rest just a little longer, because there's more that's going to die, but I will bring them with you, your servants and your brethren, yes. They're going to die, too, because they have not received the mark, and they believed in me, and so they'll be with you in just a little while, and the Lord comforts them by that. No, this is not going to be a very fun time, and those that are in heaven are going to be aware of what's going on in this earth. Notice as we... Read on, we see in verse number 12, And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates. And the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, out of the mouth of the false prophet. That's the satanic trio. These are the spirits of devils working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth, and the whole world is gathered there to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief, blessed is he that watcheth, and they that keepeth their garments, lest he walk naked, and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called, in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. Now what's interesting, the verse before, the first seven trumpets, we see Armageddon mentioned again. It's very easy to understand that these are all parallel. And so we come to the seventh file. And the seventh angel poured out his vow into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, It is done! We've come to the end of the tribulation period. Again, you don't come to it at an end three times because there's only one end. So all three of these are all in reference to one end. It is done, and there were voices Thundering, lightning, and there was a great earthquake such as was not since men were upon the earth. So mighty an earthquake and so great that the great city was divided into three parts. The cities of the nations fell and great Babylon came to remembrance, came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. We saw that before. And there fell upon men a great hell out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent, and men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hell, for the plague thereof was exceedingly great. You see, man at his coming refuses to repent. He just continues to rebel and to blaspheme God and to think that after all of this, he can still battle against God. What a crazy, mixed-up world it becomes during that time. And so we get into Revelation 17 and 18, and then he talks about the judgment that comes upon the religious system and the political system. And then we get into the details of his coming in Revelation chapter 19 I want you to notice in Revelation chapter 19 verse number 11 we'll close with this verse number 11 of Revelation 19 parallels with each one of these judgments as we come to an end the nations are gathered together they're there in Israel at Armageddon to battle against the Lord The heavens roll back as a scroll. The heavenly father says, son, go set up your kingdom. And the angels in heaven are all gathered together along with his bride. And we're given robes of righteousness. We get on white horses and we come with King Jesus. Now, here's what I want you to see in verse number 11. And I saw heaven open. We saw that before. As heaven opens and it rolls back like a scroll, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The vesture dipped in blood is a vesture that is dipped in the blood of men as he tramples over those that rebel against him. Because the blood is going to flow through the valley of Armageddon or through the valley of Megiddo, which is 200 miles long, as high as six feet deep. And that's a lot of blood. That's a river of blood. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. The Bible says that that fine linen that they are clothed in is the righteousness that God has granted to them. I want you to notice something interesting found in verse number 8 of Revelation 19. The Bible says, To the church... Was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. You see, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. You see, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you're truly saved, you're going to put on His righteousness. And God is going to reward every one of us for our righteous acts in putting on Jesus Christ. When does that first begin? It begins the moment that you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It starts there. And throughout your Christian life, you faithfully walk with Him. My question to everyone tonight have you put on the Lord Jesus Christ? It starts with salvation. He stands at our heart's door and he knocks and he seeks to come in. He's promised to us salvation and deliverance from the wrath of God. Why? Because he went to a cross and he suffered our wrath. He there on that cross suffered everything that God is going to pour out upon wicked men. You can imagine if the whole world put their faith in Jesus Christ, there'd be no tribulation, period. But God knows the wickedness of man's heart. And God knows that there are those that refuse to do that. And they're going to go through a horrible time if they're left here on this planet. For a lost person that refuses to get saved at any point during God's program, you'd be better off to die right now than to live through that. I can't urge upon you any greater urge and and concern for your soul to call upon him now. This is the moment to call on Jesus because tomorrow may never come for you. The Bible says appointed unto men once to die and after death to judgment. If you think this judgment is bad, can you imagine being cast into a lake of fire and be being tormented day and night forever and ever? And God is doing everything that he can to warn us. And there are so many out there that simply don't want to hear this. I remember some years ago being at a meeting where uh, they're trying to encourage pastors to build bigger churches, larger congregations. And one of the guest speakers was saying, it's okay to preach on eschatology, but don't preach it to an immature audience. It only scares them away from the Lord. Uh, you gotta be positive. You gotta you draw them with God's love. You don't draw them with God's wrath. How can we warn them? Sometimes they need to see the wrath of God. Sometimes they need to understand that we serve a holy God. And and they, they spurn away his love. They need to hear about that God is also a God of wrath. Oh, I agree, yes. Many times we can draw people with God's love. But not all people come. That's why we have this in the Bible. And by the way, there's more said about God's wrath than God's love. And so it's very important that you listen because the Bible says that one day you're going to be accountable to God for what you've heard. I wonder tonight with every head bowed